Oh, we gotta read the comments. I know that jerk hole posted a comment. Who, Grant M? No, uh, the cool guy. Oh, wait, here it is. You can comment on every second? Oh, yeah, this is. Who is this? Chris Sobianiak. Alright, we gotta work on pronouncing his name before we totally butcher it. No, we don't. We'll be like, leave us another comment that says, tell us how to pronounce your name. (laughs) Yeah, phonetically. Holy shit. What? Oh, fuck. Man, I knew I should have removed that. What? I reactivated my Half.com selling account to sell Steambot Chronicles. But I had like a whole bunch of anime on there that's basically not worth the money it takes to ship, to ship it. it. Like five bucks. It's not worth the time it's going to take me to sell that. <laughs> but now I got to do it because I forgot to remove all of them. What the crap? Oh, God, I'm such an idiot. Why would anybody buy Tekken? Because they're morons. <laughs> well, I guess you bought it at one point. Hey. Hey. Hey, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> okay, let's get this started with user feedback. Wait, wait, you need to do the intro on all that junk. You haven't done, like, anything. You have to shut up. My You're name is your Dave Brody. ahead of the horse. I'm sitting with Joel White, who's a naysaying nanny who can't do anything right, gotta do it all in the right order. Structure, Dave. this podcast needs structure. What? Yeah, right, that's exactly my mantra. Anybody who's listened to more than one of these podcasts knows that that would be a futile pursuit. Anyway, I'm Dave, he's Joel, podcast for June 10th, 10th. I think. I think that's right. It's the 7th today. Yes, 10th. Oh, yes. 10th. The 10th. We are talking about Half-Life 1, Half-Life Everything. We'll end up on Half-Life 1 eventually, but we're really talking about Half-Life 2, Episode 1. And also, Riding Bean. But first, as I was saying before Joel so rudely interrupted me, (laughs) we have user feedback, and this is very exciting because we got two in one week. Oh, glory! Now, I fully expect this to double and or quadruple. (laughs) Oh, the only increases can be exponential from this point on. Okay, so Chris Sobianak, (laughs) whose name I Sobianak, Sobianak. I think that's it. Sobianak. That sounds right. I recognize his name from Anime World Order's comment board. Seems like a smart fellow. His comment only proves to concrete my opinion of him. Just wanted to bring up that I hate Peter Chong with a vengeance. Mainly for his 98-pound weaklings, he still likes dabbling. Yes, what is with that? I don't get it. Everyone's What's even more skinny. eerie is that they're all like 6'9". <laughs> it's like a, a race of giraffe people. Yeah, like you could be 98 pounds, and there's never really a height that a girl at 98 pounds would look Right, but there are ones where it's more acceptable, like if you're four eight, <laughs> i.e. a midget. No, ninety eight pounds. I think a, that's very small. That like, is pretty small. I guess, anything above like five two, you you start. Being I think you hover. I mean, most uh, most women hover around between like at that height between like one hundred and ten and one hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> oh my god! Last week. Um, we were watching the, what was it, Mrs. World Contest? Oh yeah, Ben was telling me about that. 
nationwide or international competition for married women like Miss America and at the very end they give the crown to the wrong woman and this like whole debacle (laughs) oh my god it was so funny and people are crying and throwing fits and they're saying uh it was fixed because Miss Miss Russia won and And it was was in in Russia Russia. (laughs) but this spawned this discussion where um Scabs got into this huge argument with Callan about woman sizes and what he preferred on women. I didn't really understand much of it because I was out cooking hamburgers at the time and nobody was keeping me company. But I came in and he's like, I like size two women. And she's like, that's not right. And I was like, well, you're allowed to like what you like. You like all those crappy doctors on Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) But... (laughs) Scabs ions me the other day and he's like, yeah, so when I was talking about sizes, uh, I didn't actually know what sizes were what. (laughs) He's like, turns out I kind of like a girl in a size eight. (laughs) Apparently he asked Ada if she was a size floor and uh, she flipped shit on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I wish we could have got that on video. Nothing makes me laugh more than my friends embarrassing themselves. Scabs seems to do it especially well, especially with... How do you even ask that question of a woman? Oh, I know. Why don't you just, like, check her clothing? Yeah, pretty much. You sleep with her scabs, her clothing is around. Just chloroform her and then (laughs) check the tag on her shirt. It's totally worth it. And if you do it stealthy enough, she won't really know what happened anyway. Unless you've already chloroformed her in the past. Have you chloroformed her in the past, scabs? That's an important question to ask before you... Whatever, he doesn't listen to it. Continue with the comment. He goes on to say, I personally didn't care for the TV series myself for the same reasons you have. Thanks for being another voice that agrees with ours on the internet. (laughs) Because there's sure as hell not enough of them. I just don't think we speak very loudly. Well, Joel, that's all going to change when we release awesome promos. Problem is all the promos are going to be like two minutes long and nobody's going to want to play them. But it's two minutes of solid, hardcore funny. I was listening to that Metal Gear Solid 2 rant the other day, and I was laughing, listening to myself. <laughs> of course, that's the kind of top tier, but, you know, what are you going to do? But yeah, he says, I guess MTV felt they wanted to do something that wasn't just another Beavis and Butthead clone, such as what they had done with Gee Brothers Grunt, or anything that came for afterwards. I guess maybe MTV is stupid and always does this crap. This was sort of the inception of the idea that music TV would not play music videos. Yeah. They were like, okay, so we've got this kind of weird aesthetic that music videos are moving into away from sort of the Michael Jackson thriller vibe into whatever. I guess the Marilyn Manson thing was getting big then, maybe. No way, dude. This is way before Marilyn Manson. Wasn't that? Aeon oh, Flux was yeah, like, this was like 13. 92. No, no. 94. Oh, yeah, it was like... 94, 95. Marilyn Manson wasn't really that big until I was like in high school almost. Was it that long? I well, feel like it. it was around that time. There's, I don't think there's any real reason to The offspring. <laughs> Whatever. Everything's got to be crazy psychosexual now. Why? We don't know. It sells tickets. It puts asses in the seat. Not our asses. Well, yeah. Mostly just because it's total crap. Like, just all around. I don't even know, like, the psychosexual thing might not have been so stupid if it wasn't so slapped together. Yeah, and stupid. I could watch something that was kind of weird and creepily sexual if it was intelligently handled. And this is basically what we talked about last week. There's nothing necessarily wrong with, say, the idea, the 
basic idea of Elfin Lead where there's a crazy chick that kills people and rips their arms off. The problem is the implementation and also all that Hiram crap that gets stuck in there. <laughs> but also the implementation. <laughs> I think the Hiram is part of the implementation. So if she wasn't walking around naked with a metal helmet on and they didn't spend nine or ten seconds focusing on every dismembered appendage, you might have a pretty good show. Same with Aeon Flux. See, if we were to go and say, I don't know, not have sex with holes in people's backs, <laughs> and instead maybe they're sexual slaves, but it's not treated as a cool thing, that's a possibility. And then she could, like, come in with guns and liberate the sexual slaves. And then they'd, like, form a colony where nobody had sex with each other's backs or, like, through fences with each other's backs. Really? Okay, so the whole back thing is out. And well, also no more clones. That That's... Well, no. Wait, no. I'm Ooh. down with clones. Okay, you can clone Holly Berry and then give her to me. And then you gotta... No. And then Aeon Flux will liberate Holly Berry from Dave. <laughs> no. Dave turned himself into the villain. Crap! It'll be worth it for... Why don't we just stop talking about Aeon Flux? Five minutes with Tommy Barry. It totally sucked. Next. He does say one more thing. At least you didn't get, get into talking about Chum's little segment in the Animatrix or the live-action Aeon Flux flop. Uh, I didn't watch the live-action Aeon Flux movie, nor did, did I, I desire to. As for the Animatrix, I guess I didn't see that one. Or if I did, which I don't one? remember. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember which one it was. But seriously, the Animatrix was pretty crappy, too. The only really good one was the one directed by uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, the guy who did Cowboy Bebop. No. Uh, the detective one. Oh, right, right. The the two longer ones, too, that were kind of the history of the world, were pretty good, too. And I was sitting there like, huh, you know, when you don't try and cram all this BS philosophy into the Matrix, it makes a somewhat decent movie. So you could have just been like, robots. We were cool with them, but then they turned bad. And then we had a war, and now we're fighting a war. And then you would never have to bring up Descartes ever. <laughs> yeah. But so much for that. Other comments. Scott Green, who apparently writes Ain't It Cool News' anime column. I tried to find it, but I don't know. If it's not within like two or three links, that's asking a lot. <laughs> I'm a busy man. I gotta play video games and eat ramen. <laughs> Spicy Robin. But Scott, who seems quite intelligent, as you're soon to discover, has this to say. Great show. It's become one of the favorite anime podcasts. The favorites of who? Perhaps the entire Ain't It Cool News community. Or the world. How many anime podcasts are there? A lot. Really? Like, probably hundreds. Or even thousands. I don't think I'm surprised. I just really hoped that we were somehow Unique. different. Yeah. Well, we are different. Because we're not retarded. <laughs> And there's maybe like five ones out there that aren't retarded. Yeah. So, he says, The D the DRS review was hilarious and exactly right. My argument against Moe is that I really don't care how a bunch of introverts see the world, but its popularity robs us of more interesting anime-like, and wait for it, Get a Robo. Yes! Exactly. <laughs> this guy is now our main man. I would kill a man for more Get a Robo. More specifically, I would kill the guy who made, D or the two chicks <laughs> that made DRS. And then all the Koreans who worked on it and animated it, and whoever, Pioneer licensed it, I guess. They got to go, too. Oh, crap. But they licensed Get a Robo. 
No, Ooh, see, this is quite a conundrum. See, the problem is that uh, Get a Robo isn't actually drawn or animated. It's it's woven from a complex fabric of awesome and incredible. The fabric, the cosmos, comes together, Dave, at a certain point in Japan. That point is where they built a shrine. Every seventy-seven years, on the seventy-seventh day of the seventh month, a Get a Robo series <laughs> is produced at said shrine. And the world rejoices. So are we talking about like a divine inspiration sort of thing here? Why do you think it always freaks out at the end? I think the forces that order and created the cosmos are trying to tell us something through Get a Robo. And that message is... Chop off the Oni's head. So it's sort of like our contemporary version of the Book of Revelations. Or perhaps the Bible in the whole. We've got at the beginning... Starts out slow, everything comes together, then a whole bunch of crap happens, and then the world goes crazy. <laughs> Nothing makes sense anymore. I like that he used the adjective interesting, because that Get a Robo is interesting, because it's totally incomprehensible. But see, that's really the joy of it. We, we've had this discussion before. The reason these shows are crazy is so you... Just throw it all aside. They're in Japan now? Whatever. Ryoma's chopping bitches up with an axe. <laughs> Whatever. Continue. If you really want to get your Moe mad on, check out Nanaka 6 17, or as I like to call it, My Lobotomized Girlfriend, about a dour, self-burdened 17-year-old girl who, while lecturing her male friend to grow up, hits her head and wakes up in the hospital thinking she's six. After which, that male friend has to take care of her. This is like the prototypical Moe show. Like, I would use this to describe what is wrong with the genre, anime as a whole, maybe people entirely, <laughs> or the entire situation on the planet Earth. The fact that this exists brings down the scale of civilization as we know it. That is pretty ridiculous. I can't even... It's like, we might as well be banging on rocks with bones and <laughs> learning how to shape crude tools out of wood. Because we can't advance far enough that not having sex with a six-year-old girl is enough. Top of your priorities. Yeah. I, I know. You're not actually having sex with her. She's really 17, and that makes it yeah, all right. Yeah, it's cool, dude. She's, she's a... 17 isn't even a good age. The only time it's good to have sex with a 17-year-old is when you're 17. This is true. Any other time than that? Creepy. Yeah, you really need to... In fact, you really need to hit, like, 25 before you're allowed to have, like, a large range of sexual partners' ages. Like... What do you mean? Like, I'm not particularly comfortable with anything before that age, like... And incredibly so you're older. saying by the time you're 25, it's all right to go, like, to 20 or something? I don't no, know like, it's all right to go above. Like, if you're below 25, you should stick in your general age uh, yeah. area. So, whatever, give it, like, three or four years spread. But none of this crap, like, uh, what's it, Koikaze, where the guy's, like, 28 and his sister's, like, 15. But it's okay, it's his half-sister. That's not what makes it wrong! That's just one of the many dots in the cornucopia of wrong that encompasses shows like this. I remember watching the trailer for Koikaze at uh, 
Otakon. I hope I haven't told this story, but we're going to find out. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, I've never heard of this show before. Or I actually had heard of it, but... When were, was that? It when was like maybe two years ago. You were I there. remember watching it with you. I and I was like, hmm, this could be like an interesting character drama. You've got the older man, and then the younger woman, and maybe they're like forced to live together, and they have to learn how to get along with each other, even though they're from vastly different generations. Kind of like would, the little girl in Panda Go Panda, but yeah. we're not going to talk about that again. Which would be like a pretty good show, considering the situation of Japan today, where there's this incredible generational gap. But instead, no, it's about finding your little sister's panties in the dryer and then rubbing them all over your face while you masturbate in the bathroom. Yeah. As soon as I saw Koei Kaze on the screen, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I heard of this one. And everyone in the audience is like, yeah, yeah. There's nothing worse than watching a bunch of anime dorks clap at a trailer. Yeah, I've never understood that. I could flip out if they were like, from a mining expedition in Delhi, East Timor, that's been conducted for the past 30 years, we managed to dig up a ancient text of Fist of the North Star that we're bringing out to you <laughs> today at this very moment, and we're going to show it in its entirety right now, and everybody gets free snacks. <laughs> Wait, Dave, are you sure you'd be clapping or would you be beating the crap out of the fat dude next to you in a sailor hat? Because that's what I'd be doing. I'd be like, I love Fitz of the North Star, fatty. Tell me how much you love it. Take off the stupid hat. <laughs> the only reason that's funny is because we sat next to some dude. This fat Indian guy in a sailor hat. It was like the, the hat from the skipper in Gilligan's Island. And he, he was like... I think he had a sword, too. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But Plastic he, sword. He smelled bad, and he was clapping for all the wrong shows. <laughs> there was only one right show at that panel. And it was Get a Robo, and they didn't actually show the trailer. They actually I was asked like, the what question. the crap? Yeah, that was pretty weak. Peter Chung, you failed us. No. You're thinking of Jerry Chu. Jerry Chu. And that's the wrong panel. <laughs> Wait, oh, no, Jerry Chu asked the Get a Robo question. Yeah, but Jerry Ch No. No, that was ADV. Really? Jerry Chu's band up. Oh. And then Pioneer, who knows? They shoot through those guys like... what? Whatever. If you're not Jerry Chu or Keith Burgess, I want you off my pirate ship. <laughs> oh, you should check out the picture we got of Keith Burgess. Or rather, my uh, ninja <laughs> scroll box. God. He used his powers of stealth to hide... To hide one fifth of his body, that fifth thing his face, and then his enormous girth was everywhere else. Ain't no honky taking a picture of me. Alright, that's enough about Keith Burgess. There's never enough to be said about Keith Burgess. One time somebody asked a question about Evangelion, and he was like, what? And I was like, yes! <laughs> this is my kind of rap. He's like, yeah, whatever, it's coming out on DVD. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God. If only we could find some way to combine him and Jerry Chu through the magic of cybernetics. Yeah. Or possibly Gene Fusion. Gene Fusion. Half Chu, half Burgess. All unknowing anime. Uh, anyway, to the matters at hand. Alright, well, I guess that's enough of... Reader yeah, we really went on for a long-ass time. Because we're out of reader feedback. But thanks a lot for sending emails in, dudes, because that never happens to us. 
So I was really excited. And yeah. if you would continue to do so, we would be nothing but happy. That's why we spent almost a half an hour just talking about your comments and email. It wasn't a half an hour, dude. It was like 15 minutes. Let's check the playback. Oh, crap. Well, we have a couple minutes in the front. 22 minutes. Sweet bejesus. All right, let's get to getting. Okay. <laughs> Half-Life 2, Episode 1. I guess we don't have to talk about this for that long. The second series, we're going to talk about it for a proportionate amount of time is as long as it lasted. We're done talking about it, right? <laughs> oh. So this is the second foray into the so-called episodic content that Valve's trying to push via Steam. We talked about Sin a couple of weeks ago, and that was a huge disappointment. Yeah. But I had a lot of hope for Half-Life 2 because, you know, Half-Life 2 was a good game. And Valve are more proven developers than Ritual. And also, I hadn't played it yet, so, you know, hope springs eternal. Uh, such was not the case. Yeah. I managed to play about, well, Dave informed me I played most of the game. And I've only been here for, what, like four hours now? Yeah, so, and we we, we also watched an anime. We started watching cartoons at eight thirty. <laughs> so you played it for about an hour and a half and got through just about four fifths of the game. I guess uh, I'm really good. Okay, now not to fault them, I would feel comfortable paying whatever it was seventeen bucks for a three hour game that was absolutely outstanding in every way. Because truth be told, I'm I'm getting pretty tired of long games. And nowadays, most games, unless they're outstanding, I don't want them to last more than 10 hours. Case in point, Steambot Chronicles. I mentioned it last week. Let's say it's good I held back my opinion. Because once again, I was right, and the game sucked. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> As for Half-Life 2, it's very fun, but it's nothing you haven't experienced before. Yeah, they don't, they don't really expand on any gameplay mechanics or even ideas, really. It's yeah. all pretty much just... There's a couple cutesy puzzles that weren't in the first one, but... Really, all that, we've managed to implement, implement our ricochet technology yeah. if you ever played that crappy, crappy multiplayer game. Basically, it just involves shooting balls at the sockets. Sometimes the sockets are behind glass and you have to bounce them off a wall. But it all boils down to basically the same thing. And it's not hard to figure out. Like, it's not a real puzzle because it becomes immediately apparent what needs to happen. You know, you shoot one. Oh, I figured it out. Now you just have to figure out your ways around the next one. So the thing is, not really that hard to figure out the one. It's like, oh, there's a glass pane in front of it. What could I possibly do? I don't know. Just keep shooting it. No new guns. No new bad guy. Well, one new bad guy who's practically the same as all the other bad guys. Oh, it's a zombie soldier, and he can take out grenades and subsequently blow himself up with said grenades. Yeah, they're still zombies, and they're still stupid. Now they just have explosives. And you can take the explosives away from them with a gra- gravity gun. And then you can throw them right back. <laughs> really, it does nothing but help you, you in clearing out the zombie All you do is like, drop it behind him, and it blows up. Yeah. I don't know. It, the thing I don't like about episodic content is that I mean, you've talked about how you like exposition in all things, and I kind of like being able to sort of get in the mood, as it were, with the yeah. game. There's no real... The, the episodic content, they either rush the climaxes where it's all like stacked together, and there's, there's no real time taken to sort of, I don't know, think deeply about the environment or the level. And, I mean, you can, you can just tell that there wasn't a lot of new ideas or a lot of creativity that went into Half-Life 2 Episode 1. One of the problems I have is it's like 90% the same textures from Half-Life 2. 
All the backgrounds look pretty much the same. They added, I guess, one new palette of the the fortress exploding in the beginning. Like that, I guess that was a lot of new stuff. But the cities look exactly the same. And for all its vaunted whatever, I really didn't care about the lighting. And the lighting was the big thing they were pushing with this game. Well, yeah, that's the real problem is graphical improvements don't really mean a whole lot in the value of a game. Yeah, Gameplay is always going to be... I want to play a game, not a tech demo. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and that's why I didn't like Doom Three because it wasn't much of a game. Well, I mean, as far as games go, if this was like part of the original Half Life, it wouldn't have diminished the value of Half Life, and probably yeah. probably made it better because Half Life Two was a short game as it was. Yeah. Well, a lot of people on the internet are calling it whatever Half Life Epilogue because that's another problem. They don't advance the story. The story of Episode One is oh, the Citadel's exploding. Well, we already knew that. We have to get away. And then they get away. And that's it. Yeah. So, they don't Apparently tell you... you know that the Combine's coming back or something. You know, they're really just... They're probably just prefacing another uh, Zen episode or whatever. I hope not. Nobody on the internet... Nobody in existence like Zen. That was the worst part of Half-Life 1. Totally fun game until the last tenth. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're on this dumbass alien planet with all these jumping puzzles. Great. They weren't even, like, hard jumping puzzles. It was just boring. Yeah. It was like, now I'm floating up. Okay, gotta jump now to... Now I'm landing. Enough. And then there were those... That one where you had to jump onto the backs of the flying enemies to reach that portal at the top. God, I wanted to kill myself doing that. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed with uh, Half-Life. I just feel like so it's long. not worth my $20 to play a... Th- Three-hour game that doesn't give me anything new. Seriously, it's a demo. Most of the times these things get released for free. That's really what it felt like. I I feel like they're just going to this... I I feel like they're really just screwing over the consumer with this this model. Well, the thing is, the price works out to be about the same over time. It'll probably cost you $5 more in the end to get the same amount of content. How many episodes is it going to be? Three. Three times 17... Yeah, it's only it's like $51. So whatever. The problem is that if I'm playing something, I want some sort of sense of closure. Like, this kind of TV mentality doesn't work here because you're not putting an episode out every week. Or even, whatever. Once a month. Ten episodes every six months with a break in between them. It took two years for this episode to come out. Oh, and the, I... the next ones are going to be less. The next one's coming out in six months. That's still a long time. And, I mean, I, it's cut them some slack. They're also working out, like, the patches and everything for Half-Life. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff going on in Valve, I'm sure. But still. It just kills me. I mean, I'm glad I'm at a point in my life where $20 means relatively little to me. So I don't feel like I've totally squandered my purchase. And it was fun. But it was definitely not enough fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, if... If, as you said, I was near the end of the game, I'm totally dissatisfied. Like, there was there was nothing going on. There's no... There's nothing to really attach to. There's no overarching story. Mm-hmm. There's no time to really even get into the game and really feel, like, the pressure of the situation. I guess, I mean, this is all highfalutin talk about video games, but it just... I don't know. No bang. I mean, when it, when it ended, I didn't even realize it was over. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my clock and I was like eight o'clock huh I beat it in one sitting and it only took me four hours and I was like oh wait 
I started playing at five. Well, crap. <laughs> well, that was a big waste of money. Yeah. Thumbs down to the whole episodic content thing. Yeah, At least really. as it's as it's shown itself so far. They need to do it like TV does it. In the sense that each episode, while part of a broader story, has some sort of satisfying closure in it. Because you got to keep people coming back. And if you pull this crap where... You squeeze in something that could have been the last five minutes of Half-Life 2 into three hours. I mean, that's my whole argument against episodic content. It feels like what they're doing here is making the first hour of a video game five hours long. Yeah. Like, that's definitely what Sin was. Yeah, I think you're right. I just don't think they know how to develop in this medium. I mean, maybe this is the first experiments in it, but uh, they I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to be the guinea pig in a case like this just because you're investing in it. Yeah, whatever. I guess I could have picked a worse product to do it with than Half-Life 2, because people will buy that anyway. I'll buy the second episode. Yeah. In December. Whatever. Best part about Half-Life 2? Alex Vance. She's a cutie. Oh, no. <laughs> also, tonight, Riding Bean, brainchild of Kenichi Sonata. If you recognize character designs in anime from the 80s, you're recognizing Kenichi Sonata's work almost assuredly. That's what people think about when they think 80s anime. Riding Bean, sort of prequel to Gunsmith Cats. Very, very distant relative of that anime. Yeah. The two have relatively little to do with each other, aside from the fact that they're both crazy obsessed with guns and... Cars? Cars. You know what? On that topic, though, they're not as bad as some things can be. Wait, what do you mean? Like... In their obsessions. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a webcomic out there called Marilith, which is basically a direct ripoff of Gunsmith Cats, except that the chick's an assassin instead of a gun dealer or whatever. But it's the same basic idea. There's like a chick and a little girl, and if the guy thinks he's making a comic that isn't a total ripoff, he's lying to himself. <laughs> but the lengths that it goes to describe guns are just pornographic and it's totally unnecessary like people are standing there in like a mexican standoff and they're like ha 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 do you really think the trigger on your cult 911 is faster than my beretta m92 f sucker we'll see like nobody in the nobody in the world talks like that and it doesn't matter how fast the trigger is yeah because uh the distance it's, is still small enough that you can pull it that's what kills me i don't want to Whatever, call people out on the internet that I don't know, because I don't know word one about this guy. Not even what I know about John Q. Idiot anime fan. At least I have some sort of basic profile of them. But it really <laughs> feels like from the writing, the guy's just reading this stuff off websites and being like, oh, that'd be cool to put in. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to fault him for that. Isn't that what most webcomics are? I hope not. I really hope that if you're going for like a serious story and not sort of a joke of the day webcomic... That you can actually do real research and not look everything up off Wikipedia. Wikipedia sucks. <laughs> we link to it a lot. Fun to waste time at work. Not a real resource. Well, it's because it's, I don't know, it's peer-produced yeah, content. It's, it's, it's not authoritative at all. Very Relatively little to do with Riding Bean. You know the story of Riding Bean? Probably not, because most people who listen to podcasts uh, are rather younger than the age of, say, whatever, 25. And don't have time to watch anime if it's not your Naruto's. Or your Dragon Ball Z's, or your Dragon Ball Z's Witch Hunter getting Robin. All, dude. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z is totally lame these days. People like Law Goku. <laughs> <laughs> Does he fight for like thirty-five minutes? 
Naruto <laughs> fights for seven. <laughs> Naruto <laughs> still <laughs> stretches it out for as long. We're not talking about that. Don't do it. I won't do this it. This was from an earlier time when all you needed to make an anime was blood and really titties. big eyes. And yeah, and hair. And also you need a whole bunch of character designs that you would recycle later in life. To the letter. It's creepy. I don't think Bubblegum Crisis in either iteration has ever had an original character design. Because <laughs> Kenichi Sonata just copies his own work. So that's the original. And then 2040... AIC just copied all their old stuff. They were like, eh, just take a few from El Hazard. Who's going to notice? <laughs> Everybody watched El Hazard? <laughs> That's just a theory. Anyway. But, in comparison to the Gunsmith Cats anime, which is three episodes and excellent, you could probably get it for about $12, uh, this one's really weird. Yeah. And not even just weird, kind of creepy weird. Yeah. See, the thing is, it's not... A duration weird, like say Elfin Lead or Dear S. It's more of like a staccato, like every five minutes it just comes out of nowhere. And you're well, like, Whoa! 11 year old girl giving a beads to some dude. Well, trying to. At um, least that guy, like, threw her off. Yeah, thank God. The one saving grace of the show is that that dude stopped her from doing that. Maybe, see, that's the thing. It does all this creepy stuff, but it never actually gets executed. Like, there's no brain-dead little 11-year-old girls peeing on floors. There's some sort of... I, I guess, guess that really wasn't in vogue in the 80s. That there is of. some moral authority in the show. I mean, the, the total... It's more like a Robin Hood type depravity than it is yeah. just like the uh, Elfin Lead type moral ambiguity. And naked titties and yeah. you're peeing on the floor and then whatever, gonna rip somebody's off. This show has nudity, but it's like total just fan service moving on, not yeah. central to the theme. It's like, hey, boobs and butt, and next. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty harmless as far as things go. In anime, you kind of have to uh, take what you can get. Especially in the 80s. I think it's pretty much, it's really hard to find an anime in the 80s that it was didn't like, have, like gratuitous nudity in it at some point. Not necessarily gratuitous amounts, just totally gratuitous and unnecessary nudity. Yeah, there was always like the one scene, I mean, that's where the joke, the shower scene comes from. Yeah. It's because it happened a whole lot. I mean, and uh, I don't know, maybe I'll forgive the show, but uh, it's still, I don't know if I can, because then, like, you know, even after the 11-year-old is rebuked, she still is the lover totally of the hot to weird... Totally yeah, dominatrix chick. Yeah, there's just, I mean... There's, there's a whole lot to dissect of riding Bean. But the basic premise is this. You got this guy, Bean Bandit. He's a driver. Ever seen the transporter? Same idea. Yeah. He drives people for money. Lots of money. Got a really nice car. Also violent. Yeah. He punches through doors. Best part of the show. Well, not only does... I mean, this is really why I want to forgive the show. Like, beyond, like, any interaction with the characters between, like, you know, the good old guy that got kidnapped and the evil dominatrix chick who's beating up the 11-year-old, even though he stopped her, I don't really care about any of that. Once he, like, puts his fist... Or not even his fist. He, like, knife hands straight through the door... I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You know, usually I don't like those shows where you got, like, the invincible protagonist that nothing could ever happen to. But it's so much better when they're just, like, a cocky, meat-headed asshole. <laughs> well, I think what really helps this show is that it's really short. And the invincible, like, super strength king comes totally out of left field. <laughs> yeah. You don't see it coming at all. Like, he's... he. For, it's kind of funny. I mean, you know he's... 
somewhat, I guess, bulletproof because the machine gun hits his well, jacket. Well, no, that's his jacket's bulletproof. Okay, and yeah. his headband, mm-hmm. but not his face. <laughs> yeah, he but just got really lucky. His whole body headband. is car proof, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Getting but, hit by a car, don't do nothing. I like how getting shot in the bulletproof headband dazes him, but then he gets hit by the car that like knocks him back into sense. It's like when you have amnesia and then you gotta get hit on the head to get it back. Yeah, he doesn't just get like crushed by the car, they're like dents in where the frame is. Because like the way a car is constructed along the wheel well is like solid steel. Yeah. So it can support the weight of the car. And he like bends into that and he's alright. But like it's just He's just this totally normal dude. And then the last 10 minutes, it's like, kaboom! It's like he goes Hulk or something. He throws a knife through two doors. Well, no, he throws a knife through the window, and then it pins the car, rips off the car door, and pins it to the door next door. Or the car... I don't even know how to say it, Lar, right? It You're so stunned by how door. awesome it was. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I, Somebody needs to make an animated GIF of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's just... Seriously, though, but when he, like... Puts his hand through. It's it's a total get a robo moment. And I think yeah. anyone who listens to this podcast knows what I'm talking about. I just seized up and like I could feel the frontal lobe of my brain shutting down. I grabbed Jaunty like, by the throat. I grabbed Jaunty by the throat and nearly punched her through a wall. But then she bit me, and that's not nice. She used her ultimate technique. Her ultimate technique. Wrapping her legs around you and then biting you. All cats do it. <laughs> it's not just Jaunty. I've never been around a cat before. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm definitely not going to give Riding Bean the thumbs up, but if you want to watch the last... I don't even know, but the last ten minutes aren't that good if you didn't watch the rest of the show. I think it's short enough and cheap enough that there's no reason not to. I think I thought it was good. I, mean, I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was very watchable. And compared to what we have been watching for the past couple weeks... Yeah. No comparison. It's like, here's Riding Bean in my one hand, and then... My other hand's got like deer ass and elfin lead and desert punks, aeon flux. Desert punk? We watched that like two months ago. It doesn't matter. It's all, you you don't get excused. Time does not heal all wounds. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about desert punk till the day I die. I'll be 95 years old. That'll be the last thing I say. I'll be like, son, son, come closer. There's one thing I forgot to tell you. And I'll be like, what is it, dad? What is it? I'm listening. I'll be like, Desert punk sucks. <laughs> and then I'll be like, you told me that every day in your life. <laughs> and you're telling me again, it was really that bad. <laughs> Davidsgay.com. Who what took is, that? What is that? Ben. <laughs> Is that actually a domain or no? Uh, let's not find out. Okay. <laughs> Is that the thing or no? Ladies and gentlemen, it's the witching hour. 3.29 p.m. You're listening to Desperate Dave, your anime DJ. Next up, we've got a track by... Phil Perry from his 1989 hit, The Riding Bean Soundtrack. Please enjoy Running the Road.
Every time you see me, I'm running. 
the sun goes out, I'm still running.